Today on the show, Christina Hitchcock and I are talking all about life before technology, blogging as a gateway drug, and using interns in your online business. Hello and welcome to the Biz Bestie podcast, the show that's like going to happy hour with amazing online entrepreneurs. Here, you'll get a behind the scenes look at the inspiring stories of self-made women, as well as some strategy and mindset gold nuggets. I'm your host, Kate Blakely, and I'm so glad you're coming to hang out with us. Let's dive in. Christina, I'm so glad you're here today. And I want to start our interview out with a fun game. Is that okay with you? That is perfectly fine. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, awesome. So we're going to play a quick game of this or that to do an icebreaker, okay? So sure. I'm just going to say two things you can choose from, and you choose one and let us know which one you like best, okay? Okay. Okay. Beach or mountains? Both. Both? Both. <laughs> <laughs> Throw me for a <laughs> ringer there. <laughs> I'm going to say beach because I live in the mountains. Oh, okay. That's awesome. That's good to know. Fall or spring? Oh, fall. 100%. Fall. Very nice. So that probably leads us into this one. Halloween or Christmas? Oh, Christmas. Oh, really? I'm a huge yeah. Halloween person. But I would take Thanksgiving over both of them. Oh, wow. Okay. Thanksgiving is a nice holiday. Do you cook on Thanksgiving? Yes. Oh, okay. So are you like a chef type person? That's why you prefer that holiday? I do love to cook. It's one of my, it's my relaxing time. But I just love everything about Thanksgiving because you don't have all the hustle and bustle. It's more, more relaxed, more about family. More laid back. Yeah. Um, so funny, like little story. Easter is actually my favorite holiday because it has all the trappings of a real holiday, but I don't necessarily have to go visit like all my 15 million family members on Easter. So that's why that one's my favorite. <laughs> I think that's what I like too about Thanksgiving is everybody comes to me. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Does your family all live locally? Yes, for the most part. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Okay. So I have one more for this or that, and then we can jump into your interview. Sure. Okay. So we covered your favorite holidays, but do you like your anniversary better or your birthday? Oh, that's tough. Huh? That's tough. Oh, I'm gonna say my birthday, I think. Your birthday? How do you guys usually celebrate your birthday? Oh, it's very difficult. So my husband doesn't work normal shifts. He's not like a Monday through Friday, nine to fiver. So he's all over the place. So it really depends on what his work schedules, if he's working or not. But I like to celebrate my birthday with a massage. So that's, oh. I treat myself every month to a massage and I make sure that my April massage is booked on my birthday. That's amazing. That's a great yeah. tradition. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've broken the ice, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself other than how you like to vacation and which holidays you like? <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, I'm Christina Hitchcock. I started out my blogging career at my personal blog, It Is a Keeper. I started that in way back in 2010 as a hobby and in 2012 transitioned it to a full-time business. Now, in addition to that, I work with my partner and we have The Smart Influencer where we host a podcast. We have a couple of different recipe websites and we also have a private mentoring group that we offer. That's so awesome. all kinds of different things going on. Yeah. And I actually met you through your partner, her name is yeah. Corinne, and she was one of my clients a long time ago. And then that's how I got to know both of you guys. Oh, awesome. Yeah. So exciting. This show is, a. we're definitely going to talk some business, talk some shop, but 
mostly my vision for this show is that we're going to be like going to happy hour together and just shooting the breeze and getting to know each other really well. Do you want to tell me a little bit about how you grew up? Sure. So I grew up in Northeastern Pennsylvania. I'm not sure if you're familiar at all with that area, but I, if I just say the word Scranton, everybody goes, oh, the office. Mm -hmm. So I am from the Scranton slash Pocono Mountain area. I grew up here. I live here now. I ventured out for maybe about not including college. When my husband and I first got married, he was stationed outside of this local area. We're still in Pennsylvania, but in a more rural spot. But for pretty much most of my life, I've lived here. I love it. And I had your typical, I I call it an idyllic childhood. And I think I did all the things kids do. I have a younger sister and a younger brother. So we fought a lot as kids growing up. I'd go back in a heartbeat. I'd go back in a heartbeat. Yeah, that's amazing. I would go back to my childhood too. Were you, are you, were you an eighties baby? I was a mid seventies baby. Mid seventies baby. Yeah. (laughs) But that was a totally different time. Like I look at my kid's childhood and I'm like, wow. Oh, we talk about that all the time with my son. My son is 16 now. And we talk about like how awesome the eighties were. And it's, you had just enough technology to make life like fun and interesting, but not enough for it to rule your life. And it was just awesome. Like we spent hours outside. Like you actually had to use your imagination as a kid growing up and just the freedoms that we have that you just can't have today. Yeah, it really is. Sometimes I'm just driving down the road, that county road. And I'm like, if this was the 80s, no one would know where I was or be able to contact me. It's such a (laughs) fantasy. You know what I mean? (laughs) I thought it'd be completely like off the grid like that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so funny because we can always choose to just not have our cell phones. But yeah, my whole life would just fall apart without my cell phone. That's how I work things. Yeah. And not knowing where your child is like 24 seven would send you into a panic attack now. But my mother would literally, it was like in the mean, she would get up in the morning, she'd walk down the stairs, flip off the TV and just say outside. And then we didn't come home until it was time to eat. Yeah, my mom would stick us outside with a bologna sandwich and Kool-Aid. And that was like, that was their sustenance (laughs) for the day. Don't come back inside. (laughs) Oh my gosh, we would swim in our pool, like unsupervised. Like that's unheard of. We would say there was a rule in our house. It had to be 75 degrees outside. Like the air temperature had to be 75 degrees in order for us to go in the pool. So my sister, my brother and I would literally sit and stare at that thermometer all morning long and wait for it to hit 75. And then we would be in that pool completely unsupervised. That's so funny. I grew up on a ranch and it had a river running through the backside of it. So now that you say that, like, we would just be like, you want to go to the river and just walk down and go swimming and like, (laughs) with our dogs and no one knew where we were. No one we didn't ask, could we go swimming? But yeah, no way I would ever let my kids do that. No, I would let my son even at 16. If he's in the pool, I'm out there. I don't know. It's just like that nervous Nelly in me. Yeah, it's just I guess there's been just such a cultural shift. And probably that is partly because of technology, because we see every day all the things that could happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the information and it's almost paralyzing sometimes. Yeah, it's funny. I'm so glad our conversation came here because something I talk about or think about all the time, I talk about it sometimes, is how like in the 80s, my mom was a single mom. She had to work outside the home and we didn't really have her present with us because she had to work two jobs just to make ends meet. She didn't Mm -hmm. have the options that we have now to just work online and just start online businesses. Yes, there are pieces of technology which we could leave behind, but there are also like so many opportunities created, which we both know because we have online businesses. Absolutely. It's a blessing and a curse, like all rolled up into one. Like it has definitely afforded some awesome opportunities. When I first started my website, if you said I'd be able to like leave my full-time job and do that for a living, I'd be like, you're 
not so. There's no way you can make money doing this. But I do remember like my very first goal with my website was if I could just make enough money to pay my car payment, I would be like, that would be awesome. Like I know I've made it big. And to know now that I've like far exceeded that, it just, it blows my mind. And I'm so grateful for it every single day because I really treasure the opportunities that I have to be able to come and go and be present for my family and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. When I first started my blog, which I was never like a good blogger, like I was one of those people who started a blog and I was like with Google every day, like how do blogs make money? How do blogs make oh, money? Yeah. Even though I was blogging, I was not making money. And I was like, I know someday I get on Mediavine, but what else is there? But that was my goal too. I was like, I quit my corporate job to stay home with my kids. And so we were on one income all of a sudden. And I was like, if I could just make enough money to pay for music lessons and to take my kids to the museum once a month, like that would make me so happy. <laughs> my story, my blog never worked out because I wasn't patient with it and I didn't know what I was right. doing, but I found other ways to make income online. And once things started going, I was like, oh, I can make more now than when I was working 60 hours a week. Like, yep. how do people yeah. not know about this, you know? Yep. And it's all about having that. You have to, I think you have to have that mindset to be able to pivot when the opportunity presents itself and not be, have such tall vision that you can't see the opportunities to pivot or be afraid to take those opportunities to pivot. And I think that's <clears throat> one of the greatest things that working online provides for us, because I have that personality where if I was doing the same thing day in and day out, I would be bored stupid. Like I would not be able to do it. So I truly enjoy the chaos that comes with it. And it's truly chaos. Like I looked at my email this morning and my entire plan for today went out the window. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I try to be organized, but then you look at your email and you're like, nope, that's not happening today. Yeah. You have to think on your feet for sure. Yeah. You know, another way that online business is chaotic is back in the day, I don't really know when because I wasn't involved, but like and in movies I see in like the sixties and eighties, like business was done one way and you learned it one way and you got really good at it. You did that your whole life. Online business is every five minutes, things are changing. And if you've been in, if you've had a business online for five years, that's basically like 5,000 years in like ancient <laughs> business time. Like you're, you're a pro, you know what I mean? It truly is. It really is. And we are like, it's like the wild west and we're like pioneering the path. I think. And it's funny because even when it comes time to do your taxes and stuff, I don't even think like the IRS knows what we do. There's so many different rules and, or there are no rules and people are just trying to navigate like what to do and what can be written off. And like, that's where it gets me is like with the tax stuff. But I think we're just, I don't, I hate to say it, but making it up as we go along. Yeah. And as soon as we learn how to do something, it's guaranteed to change. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yeah. It's so true. I've always been really bad at learning tech stuff. In fact, when I started my blog, I started with a partner and she sent me a Google doc with a list of ideas. And I was looking at the Google doc. What is this? <laughs> so that's how not tech savvy I was, but just having to like learn how to use different programs like Canva or lead pages and how often mm -hmm. they change. I feel like I have like, I'm not going to say I've become tech savvy because that's not true. But I've, I've gotten to where I'm not afraid to log into a program and figure it out and be able to use it for what I need to use it for. Whereas once upon a time, people were like, I didn't even have a computer. I just have my phone for social media. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I actually started this before social media was a thing. Like Facebook was out there, but I can remember. So it was in 2010. And basically, so did I ever tell you how I started my site? 
I don't think so. It was in the Christmas season of 2010. I had gotten the movie Julie and Julia for Christmas, the DVD. And it was like right after Christmas, I was cleaning the house, putting all the decorations away. So I plopped myself on the floor. I'm a recipe hoarder. So I had piles of recipes all over my house. So I plopped them down. I put the movie in. I'm like, I'm going to organize all these piles. And I'm watching the movie. And in that movie, and the book is actually fantastic too. She cooks her way through Julia Child's cookbook, Mastering the Art of French Cooking, and blogs about every recipe that she makes and her experience and like basically how it's changed her in making all of these recipes. And I'm watching it and I'm like, huh, I could cook my way through this pile and blog about whether or not the recipes are good or bad or how I would change them, which is how the name came along. Like it's a keeper or it's not a keeper. And I'm like, I'm going to blog about it. So they turn on, what is a blog? How to start one? <laughs> and then by the end of that weekend, I had my blog built and set up, but I had no idea what I was doing. And like I said, there was no, Facebook was around then. I think I had an account, but basically it was like back in the time when it, you would be like, Christina is watching a movie. Like when it would say like what you were doing, yeah. but Pinterest wasn't even a thing. Like I remember having to get an invite from somebody to join Pinterest. And so it was like, that's how early it was. So it wasn't even like people weren't doing it on their phone. It wasn't even oh. an option. <laughs> no. Yeah. I remember when we first got smartphones and how social media took over my life, but that was years later, like 2013, 2014. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had one of the, I had a first generation iPhone and even then I wasn't doing like website stuff on there. That was still like unheard of really. I guess it was probably heard of, but for younger people, not me, but yeah. <laughs> you're a pioneer. You're just rolling with the punches and seeing what the tech people are throwing at you and whether it's going to stick or not. Yeah. That's another way the internet has really changed things for the good is once upon a time, if you wanted to basically start what is a cooking show or the equivalent of that, like you would have to land a deal with a network and you would yeah. have to, if you wanted to write books or any of the things that we can do now and we can just self-publish, we can start an Instagram or YouTube channel and the, the people that are meant to find us, people who are mm -hmm. interested in what we're interested in, which is beautiful. Yeah, so, it's definitely leveled the playing field, I think. Oh, yeah. And we see that in influencer marketing. People, these companies used to pay so much money for their commercials, and they've come off that so much and put money into creators like us. Mm -hmm. I don't do that. I don't do brand deals, but I know a lot of people do and make a lot of money doing it. Yeah, it can be very lucrative. Yeah, for sure. So let's go back to you're talking about you've been blogging for like ever since blogging was a thing. Tell me, do you feel like most of the people who follow you have also been doing that? Or do you get a lot of people who are just now starting their blogs? Because I know you actually have a blog mentorship, right? Yes. Oh, geez. I think it's a mix. You have people like there's people that I'm friends with that have been on this journey for as long as I have, if not longer. And we're all in the same boat together. Some of us have, some have skyrocketed and just really blossomed. Other people have pivoted, like you said, like you had to do, and they just totally changed their tracks. And it's been interesting to see the growth and the change in the different bloggers that I've come up through the ranks with. Yeah, I feel like blogging is like the gateway drug of online business because yes. it looks like, oh, I can write cute things. And when people are trying to sell you these newbie blogging courses or the other people doing it, you don't know about SEO and you don't know about like yeah. on your website and the things that make it like work. So then you're like, yeah. oh, this is light and fun. And yeah. when you get going, you're like, oh, now I see all these ways I can make money. Like I could 
do other people's websites or like I did, I could be a graphic designer for people or I could start a membership with the things that I know or any number of things. Like I could make an online course, but I do feel like almost everyone starts out with a blog. Yeah. So it seemed to be like, like you said, it was like a gateway and it was like the mommy bloggers or you would be like posting about what your kids did. I never did that. Like I never put, and I guess it's because like my husband's in law enforcement. So we've always been private about that kind of stuff. So I would never post that out on the internet for everyone to see like what's going on with my family. But even like when I would tell people like, oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a blogger. I get the, oh, there's that hitch where they go, oh, like they don't know what to do with that information. What do you say when somebody says they don't know what that is? And so then I've switched. And now I'm like, I have a website. I run a website where I share recipes. Like I go into it to explain it a little bit better, but yeah, it's interesting to see how it's evolved. And now it's more like we're using terms like influencer and stuff like that, because it's so much more than just a blog. No, oh, for sure. Like a blog is a great thing to have for a lot of other launch points. I want to go back to what you were saying about not being, not knowing what to tell, not knowing how to talk to people about what you do, because I have a really awkward story about it because I also feel like anytime I would tell anybody like, oh, I have a blog or I have a, this membership for bloggers or whatever it is, I get the same reaction. They're like, okay. Yeah. My mom even. It's a nice hobby. Yeah, exactly. Like my grandma, my grandmother was like, oh, do you make any money at that, honey? And I was like, I didn't want to tell her. Yeah. I make four times what I did at my corporate job, grandma. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I make some money. And she's like, I guess as long as you're happy, like <laughs> this has no clue uh, what the earning potential would be. But my mom, like I've gone really in depth with my mom. This is what I do. This is how I help people. This is what I make. Cause she's my mom. I can tell her what I make. She still just gets so uncomfortable. Like I'll say anything about my business and she's just, I hear crickets and she's like, talked to your sister the other day. It's that uncomfortableness, right? Yeah. And so I've just gotten to where people ask me what I do. And I'm like, oh, I own, I have a membership, but I don't try to explain it at all because I do feel like people who don't have an online business, it's just such a shift in understanding of how things work that is very yeah. hard to explain. And that's part of why I started this podcast is because it is a totally different culture. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is. And it's funny because you say that. And I just had this conversation yesterday with a woman and we were talking and she's like, what do you do? And I said, well, I have this website and like where I share recipes. She's like, do you make money? Like, now think about that. You wouldn't say that to an insurance salesman or like a teacher. Do you make it? Yeah. Or a waitress. But like, how do you make money? Do you make money? You wouldn't say that, but as you make money doing that and like, how do you make money doing that? Yeah. And then and it's, it's like, how much am I going to explain to this person that, yeah, I make a lot of money doing that. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know, like you try to like down, I try to downplay it because I don't ever want to be like, I don't know what the word to describe it is. I don't want to seem haughty about it. I do. I've worked very hard for what I have. And I technically we're entrepreneurs and we're busting our butts probably more than a 40 hour work week to get what we have. It's not like we clock in at eight and clock out at four. We're working all the time, especially if you're successful to make it successful. Yeah, it's so true. And I can't remember who said it, but I was following someone recently who was like, my online business is different than another business because I took something from my brain. It was just basically content and I turned it into a six figure business. That's a big deal. And we don't want to, especially as women, we don't want to seem like we're bragging. It's not part of in our culture. It's tacky, but right. what doing is a big deal. And I, I say all the time, like there are certain things I don't have to explain to my audience because people who run on online businesses are not stupid. It's not something you can get into and be a person who is not like really creative and really thoughtful and just pretty exceptional. There are not people yeah. who have online businesses that are not exceptional. 
and Not disciplined and driven and focused and and I think flexible too, since we're sticking with alliteration there, like you have to be able to, like I said before, recognize when those points are to pivot and not be afraid to pivot and to take those risks. Yeah. Before we go on, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by me. Digital Product Profits, my group coaching experience for content creators that want to design amazing digital products like printables, courses, and memberships is open. There's no doubt about it. Learning to make and sell impactful digital products is the only way to make a scalable income from your blog or channel that puts you in the driver's seat. If you want to create a bigger impact with your audience, stop trading time for money in your business, and finally hit your financial goals, you've got to check out Digital Product Profits. I'll put a link in the show notes for you. Pivoting has been a big part of both of our businesses. Do you want to tell me how, what kind of your pivots have looked like over the years? Oh, geez. Yeah. So when my website first started, as I told you, I was going through that pile of recipes and posting whether or not they were keepers or not. But then I realized that's totally wrong. You shouldn't be sharing other people's recipes. And you're quick to realize those things because in the beginning, you don't know what you don't know. And it was like the Wild West. I pivoted in that respect. So while I kept the name, I'm more, now I share my recipes and now they're more focused, right? So SEO is more my strategy. I knew nothing about SEO in the beginning. I am now, my goal this year is to edit every single post. I have 1500, over 1500 posts on my site to have them all updated by the end of next year, every single post. And I'm going through the garbage right now. There is some bad stuff out there. Like just, I look back and how I was writing posts and they were horrible and the photos are horrible. So I think pivoting comes a lot with that. One other opportunity that popped up maybe six or seven years ago, my son and my husband got involved in BMX racing. So bicycle motocross, basically where you race pedal bicycles, like around a track and so as I'm there, we, when we got started in this sport, I'm not afraid to go up and ask tons of questions to people like, oh, what equipment do I need? And what does this mean? And what does that mean? And I don't understand how the scoring works. And I'm not afraid to do that, but I know that there are people that are. So I'm like, there are no online resources. Let me start a website. Mm -hmm. So I started a website to help other parents who are just getting into the sport navigate the nuances of that. So that was one other area where, you know, I think my business took a little bit of a pivot. And then at one point in my <laughs> blogging journey, I realized there's so much work to do. In my corporate job, I had started an intern program. I'm like, but why can't I use interns in my blogging business? So I'm like, I could totally replicate what I did in my corporate job in my blogging job. And <clears throat> I started using them and in talking to people about it, they're like, well, how do you do it? So then I created a course for that. So it's like just finding those opportunities and being able to recognize that they're there and taking advantage of them. Yeah, that's amazing. Because you do that, because I was following you and you were talking about it, I actually want to add an internship program to my business. So I definitely need to get that course from you. Because, awesome. Yeah, like I have similarly, like I have a background in HR actually sales and HR is an interesting story. Like I started out at sales and worked my way up and I thought HR looked cushy. So I went and got an HR degree. And then I was like, this sucks. But, uh, <laughs> but I did, I developed a lot of training programs and we didn't have an internship program, but I knew when I started my business that I wanted to not be on 24 seven. And I wanted to delegate anything that 
could be delegated. So mm -hmm. I, when I started my membership, I hired two Filipina VAs to come and mm -hmm. help me with designs and come and help me running the admin. And then eventually, like I was working with the whole team of Filipina VAs. So I also have a course for that kind of hiring, but running an internship just seems just brilliant. Can do you want to talk about like how you do it? Sure. Gosh, I've probably worked with, it's got to be nearing almost like 600 to a thousand interns that I've worked with throughout my entire career, both okay. corporate America and now. Oh, okay. Probably at the most ready for this because it makes me cringe. One semester I had 20. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I spent my entire time just managing my interns, oh, but a lot of things got done. So I think and I've learned a lot over the years. And I think that's where like, I'm constantly honing my process. And that's what I show in my course. Like, I show you my exact process, like what I've learned over the years and how I've made it successful and made it work for me that I'm not spending every waking hour managing people because that's the, there's a blessing and a curse to having a team, right? So you have people helping you get stuff done, all this newfound time managing them is it really worth it for you? So you have to kind of balance that. And I found that the key to all that is just being organized and having all your ducks in a row. So before you even bring on your first person, having everything in place. And that's what I show in my course, how to put everything in place. You get like the exact system I use. You get all the forms, all the documents, like every single thing that I use, I have a swipe file for it. That's amazing. <laughs> But I've built it to the point where I can onboard my interns and in five, 10 minutes, I can, they can have their training materials and be ready to go because I've just built it to that point where things are automated and simplified. And I think what's really interesting, I've talked to a lot of professors over the years and even a lot of my students and what they really enjoy is they get firsthand real world experience that they're not going to get in corporate America. So no big corporation is going to bring in a college intern and say, run my Facebook page, run my Instagram, check out these statistics and analyze them for me. They're not going to give them the access that we have access to. One of the most important topics I think that my interns love learning about when they're working with me is SEO because they don't teach it in school. And if they do, it's covered in a day. So they just glaze over it and they have an idea of what SEO is or what the acronym stands for, but they don't understand the nuances of it. So I found that those kinds of things really attract good interns and it's all about a learning experience, right? That's what sets an internship apart from a paid employee. So I'm not giving away paid work to somebody who is working for free. So my, I don't pay any of my interns either. The work that they do is for credit. They get college credit through their schools for what they do, but it is a learning experience for them. And that's the key to stay in compliant with all of the state and federal laws, employment laws. It needs to be a true learning experience. I can't bring on an intern to do something that a paid employee would be able to do. Like I'm not going to have them doing sales or something like that. Like something they would use skills they already had for. You have to be teaching them something. Yeah. They've got to, it's got to be a learning environment where they're actually learning skills. And I try to make that apparent in every step of the process. Yeah. That's amazing. So that sounds so powerful. How long do you keep them on? Like a semester is what? Six months, five months? 
Yeah. So like the summer semester, so it's the beginning of August, end of July, beginning of August now. So the summer semester will be ending about mid-August and it started like the end of May. So yeah, like three months or so, three, four months. Most of them are just one semester. Sometimes I get students that want to do more than one semester. Sometimes they're doing it for credit. And then I've had... I had one student that stayed on twice because they wanted it for resume experience. So they did their credit semester and then they stayed on for two more semesters just to get the resume experience. And then some of them I end up hiring because they they learn the job. There's no learning curve and I can bring them on then to do different things. So whether it's video editing or writing or graphic design, there's so many different ways you can use interns. Yeah, I was going to say, honestly, that's great that you're doing it with college students, but I think that like anyone who's wanting to start a blog, that would be hyper valuable for if somebody, if I had that opportunity versus I bought this like $500 course and it wasn't like, it's not anybody that I follow anymore, but my, I bought this really, it felt really expensive back then blogging course. And looking back, I can see how shallow the information shared Mm -hmm. was. I didn't know what I was doing. Like people who come through your internship, like they're learning your business. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They're truly learning, especially my writers are, they're learning my SEO process, like from start to finish. And in my, when I train them, that's one of the things I cover. Like I don't just say, okay, do X, Y, Z, and this is how you do it. I actually say, okay, you're going to do X, Y, Z. And this is, so you're going to do it this way because Google likes whatever. And I explain the rationale behind it. So that they have that kind of understanding of it. And then if, as I come across interesting articles or things, I always share it with them, just things that I think would help them be better, make them a better job candidate when they graduate. Yeah, that's amazing. And really, if someone's learning your Instagram, even they could take what they're learning and make a very profitable side hustle. I was an Instagram manager. I tried a few different things before I landed on graphic design after I was a blogger, not a very good (laughs) blogger, but I was an Instagram manager for a while. And that was back when they only had the grid and they had just introduced stories. Ah. And I made like, I covered my car payment and like enough to take my kids to the museum. Like I was making like 1500 yeah. doing that. I feel like that's such an opportunity for anyone who's trying yep. to break into online business. So that's amazing. Absolutely. And I love those stories. Like one of my interns come back and say, Hey, I started my own website. We you check it out. I'm like, Oh, absolutely. Like I love it. And then I always say, Hey, if you ever want to hop on a call and I can answer your questions. And I just leave that. I, I like to have that relationship open with them. Yeah, that's so amazing. So this goes back to, I said before, part of the reason I started this podcast is because the online business community can feel lonely if you're not plugged yeah. in, if you don't know people. That sounds like one way that you're like keeping community for yourself. What are some other ways that you like fill, refill your own? It is very isolating. We were just talking again, talking about this the other day. It's so isolating when you're sitting here behind a computer, just rat-a-tat-tatting all day on the keyboard. But having those, being in a mastermind or a tribe and having those individuals that you can reach out to and say, hey, can we like chat about this? And if you can get into a, a retreat, get put something like that together where a bunch of you get together in a, an Airbnb or something like that and just talk together for a couple of days, that is, t- I find that so refreshing. In fact, one of my very best blogging friends, we met at a conference. So it was, I guess it wasn't a conference. It was more like a retreat and we actually got paired up. So when you signed up for this event, they put you with a roommate and you didn't know who it was. So I remember calling my husband from the hotel and I'm like, I just might be paying for my own room if this doesn't work out. Just so you know, when you see that come across the credit card. But lo and behold, I got paired up with this awesome person 
And it was like every night, it'd be like two, three o'clock in the morning. We're still like in the dark, talking about all the things. We just had so much to share with each other. And like, I do it this way. I do it that way. And just learning, it was so helpful. And like, you're so tired, but yet you're so fulfilled because you're connecting with somebody who gets you. Yes. Yeah. That's so important. And because of COVID and then I had a baby, I haven't really been able to meet with people in person, but yeah, being connected into masterminds and just making online business friends and staying connected that way has been really important to me. I don't know what I would do if I couldn't like box my biz besties. Like I would, Yeah. there are days where I just probably wouldn't even get out of bed because sometimes it's hard. It is. And sometimes you just have those questions that you just can't figure out yourself. And it's almost like you can't see the forest through the trees and you just need another set of eyes. Like I could ask my husband, but he doesn't know a thing about, he doesn't know the terms I'm using. It's like, I'm speaking a foreign language. So being able to just say, Hey, can you hop on and just help me through this issue? That is so helpful and so rewarding. And it just helps with that isolation. But I do feel like if you can get together, like in physical, like in person, that just takes whatever you're doing online and multiplies it exponentially. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. So we've talked about like how technology has been good and bad for us. And we've talked about online businesses and we've talked about internships. What other things do you feel like are really like integral to your like online business? I guess by nature, <laughs> I'm an organizer. Like I think in columns and rows, like I am a spreadsheet person. I can't help but think like that. That's just how my brain is built. And I have found that a digital business can become very disorganized and chaotic very quickly. So I would think one of the things that helps drive success is coming up with a way to keep yourself organized. And is there a perfect way? Absolutely not. <laughs> I wish there was. I wish there was like this magic pill that we could all put into place and it would just organize everybody perfectly all the time. But I'm constantly honing and refining my system, whether it's I have 15 notebooks here open to my left. I tried doing the iPad version instead of going notebooks, everything's on an iPad so that it's all in one spot all the time and organized. I've tried so many things, but like, it's, that's one of those things too, that's constantly evolving and you've got to find what works for you. I'm a big fan of Airtable. That's my way that I keep all my content organized and like my to-do list. And I've, I'm trying to migrate everything into there. I manage my whole team in Airtable, everything. So how is Airtable different than Trello or ClickUp? Okay, so this is, we're totally speaking my opinion here. So this is coming from my brain. I've tried all of them. ClickUp, Asana, Trello, Infinity, Monday, Notion, all of them. You name it, I've probably tried it. I like Airtable because it's like a spreadsheet in a database had a baby. And it makes this perfect environment. And they're constantly honing it and making it even better and more user-friendly. And I think one of the best things I found is I'm able to manage my entire business on just the free plan. So I don't need to upgrade to any fancy paid, another paid monthly expense coming out of the checking account. But like Asana is great for lists. Trello is great if you like to work in that Kanban view, that board view. ClickUp could not wrap my brain around it. I tried so hard to love it because I thought it would work. 
but I found myself keeping a notebook of what everything meant in there. So before I do anything, I have to look at the notebook. Oh, that's a this. Okay. So it was just too hard for me to go back and forth. I found that Airtable is what suits the way my brain works. Yeah. So I use Airtable for my clip art library for my digital templates mm-hmm. membership. And I got that idea from Corinne because she uses her, she uses She's it. Brilliant. Yeah. For her printables library. And I think it was, is it Susan from Organized 31 who sells mm-hmm. a little kit? Yep. Oh my gosh. Thank God for that. Because I told you earlier, I'm not tech savvy. So she had little step-by-step instructions and I was able to like piece together one air table. What do they call them? Like a base. Yeah, one base following these really specific instructions where I could put in all the clip art and it's really easy for people to search for it and download it and then they can do what they want with it. But I use Trello for my organization system because solely because learning like something else new right now seems really heavy. You know what I mean? Yeah, and totally get that and understand it, stand that. And that's why I said you have to find what your brain can handle at the moment. Like what you have the bandwidth to tackle. One of the things Corinne and I did, because we were hearing that a lot and people were saying, oh, well, how do you use Airtable? And we were explaining it. It was like, oh, I can't learn something else. So what we decided to do is we built a whole bunch of templates that we then package and offer for sale. So it's not even like you have to learn how to do it. You could just buy a template and put that in place and use that. So you're not having to actually learn anything. You're just basically putting your data in where you're told to. See, that is my kind of course. I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a total course hoarder because <laughs> the sales pages get me. Like I buy courses. Yeah. Like, I'm not to say not to be, you know, again, not to be arrogant, but like they're, I'm way out of their league. And I'm like, I really like the copy on this sales page. Yeah. I'm gonna buy this course. And so I've taken a ton of courses and I found what is most effective for me is something that there's like a plug and play aspect where I can just dive in and start using templates and then go back and watch videos as I'm trying to figure yep. out, okay, what do I need to do here? How can I yep. make this better? But I'm a learn by doing person. So I'm not the kind of person who's going to watch like a 12 module course and then get started on something. Yes. We didn't create it so that you would watch the video and then build it yourself. It's built for you the way most people, how they would use it. And then knowing you have the power to go in and tweak it, to make it more customized, to fit your needs. There's different templates, but you can tweak them to make them work for what you want, right? Yes. And so we have different templates for all aspects of your business. We have what we call our smart influencer system, which shows you how to manage all your business and brand, your content and your social media parts of your business. That's one product. We have what we call our legacy organizer which is basically set up for if something were to happen to you, what would happen to your business, right? Let's say you got sick or worse. Would your family know what to do with your business, where your money comes from, what you want done, how to sell it, how to like all that stuff. We have templates for that. We're in the process of creating and launching an SOP product where you can manage all of your team and standard operating procedures in one place where it's very organized and easy to share and view and update. So we, we take the difficult part of it out and all like we do all the heavy thinking. So we develop the templates, then you just have to go in and fill in the blanks. That's amazing. So I might need to get that because these days my business is growing and I love how you're this very naturally organized person. I am not like I'm a natural creative and I'm a very much, let's just jump in and start making yeah. and then we'll organize it on the back end. Cause what if it, yeah. Then and I, I start from the other way. I'm like, yeah. Oh, I could build an organizer. How could I, I could build an organizer. And then let me see how I can implement that. 
Yeah. And it's funny. I attract a lot of people like that, like to my memberships and stuff. And they'll come in and they're like, I get a lot of like play by the rules, organized type of people. And that's not me at all. And they'll mm -hmm. come in and they'll ask, how do you stay organized? And I'm like, I don't, you can ask my VA, like what we're doing. Cause I have <laughs> no idea. Yeah. And but let's face it, running a website where you have 1500 pieces of content published can be overwhelming. So before I had this, I had no idea what I had out there or when it was last updated or does it even have a keyword? Is it optimized for keywords? Like I had no idea. It was just a hodgepodge of stuff out there. And then I took the time, actually had an intern help with this took it all, filled in my database, my Airtable system for this. And now I'm so, it's so easy for me to go in and sort and filter and pull out the data I need. Like I can just go in, pull out all my fall content, pull out all my Thanksgiving content, pull out all the content that hasn't had a keyword updated in 365 days or more. Like you can filter and sort and group so you can access that information. There's just so much power there. Yeah, that's amazing. And I can only imagine how someone who's running a service business, like they're tracking projects for other people, how powerful yes. that could be. Yeah. Because if you like Trello with that Kanban view where you're sliding cards from column to column, mm -hmm. Airtable has that. Yeah. So they have that built right in. So if that's your preferred view, they have that. If you prefer the look of a spreadsheet, they have that. If you prefer the look of a Gantt chart, they have that. They have what they call interfaces now, which I like to call dashboards because to me, it looks more like a, you have a blank canvas of a dashboard. So I create one for each of my team members where they can easily access their timesheets, their, the projects that they're working on, the tutorials that they have to watch to do the projects that they're working on, all that stuff. So I do it all in Airtable and assign it to them right in there. It's a seamless system. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. It sounds like you do a lot as far as how you can help people because we've talked about you have the internship course. We know that you have the Airtable resources and you have a membership too, right? Like a mentorship membership. Is that right? <laughs> yes, because there's not enough things going on. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, we do have a mentorship a membership called the Smart Influencer Hive where we help other influencers who are looking to grow their business do that successfully. The peek behind the curtain as to how we're doing things and how we're using different tools to automate and work smarter, not harder. Yeah, and I actually... I have been telling people for a while to join this because Corinne is one of the founding members of my membership. And so she had come in and done some classes and then she was like, I have this mentorship. And I was like, obviously based on this class, that's a great thing to be doing. And I would recommend it. But then one day I was like, I actually don't know what they do. So I joined for a couple of months and it really is a great community. You guys are so transparent. You were hands-on. I know a lot of memberships, one problem with buying digital products that will teach you about your business is you don't know how deep or shallow they're going to be really from the sales page. Let's say the mentorship that you guys offer is you guys are very transparent. I feel like you would share just about anything about your businesses. Is that right? And we would. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so powerful. I wish there had been something like that when I started blogging. I think it would have been a lot more successful as like an actual blogger. Yeah, I think that's because we did the same thing before we created this mentorship. We thought, what would we have wanted for a group for ourselves if we were designing like the perfect product? And it's the thing that we like is the look behind the curtain. So as they're showing you, I'm that person that's, I'm watching videos and you're showing me something. I'm freeze framing that, man. I'm looking to see what you got going on. What apps are you using that I'm not using? And I'm looking for that, like any way that I can work smarter and be more effective 
So that was one of the things we wanted to build in there is that peek behind the curtain of how we do things. So we're actually like showing you, I'll go into my Airtable or Corinne will go into hers and we'll show you exactly what we're doing. You'll see that our actual working systems. We're not creating dummy data. We're not showing you a mock-up of something. We're just like, we're hopping right in and we're showing you exactly how we do what we do or like to answer questions that our members might have. If we have to go into our systems to show what we do. Yeah, that is so powerful. And I think that is a great point. I actually had to go back to the drawing board recently with my own program because I'm doing kind of a pivot and I have added like how to make courses and memberships into the membership that I already have. So it's gone from okay. being learning to sell printables to learning to sell all digital products. Oh, cool. And I was excited and passionate about it. But when I sat down to pencil out what it would look like, I got really overwhelmed. And I think that going back to the, what would I have wanted when I started is super, super powerful. I think that's amazing. Yeah. And I think we take it like we're our toughest customers, right? I know I'm a tough customer. So if I'm not getting exactly what I need, I'm out. And what we're also realizing though, is that in order for it to be successful, you have to participate yourself. So we can only be, we can only take it so far, but you've got to be willing to put the time in too, to be successful as a user. So you've got to show up and do the work and participate and engage. And if you have questions and take advantage of the resources that are available, like we put them out there, but if you can't take advantage of it, we can't force you to do that. We try to think of how can we present the information in a way that people will want to take advantage of or be able to like not everybody has huge chunks of time to devote they may this might be a side hustle and they're working full-time and they only have snippets of time between jobs or kids and all the other things that go on in our lives yeah that totally makes sense that's amazing yeah but it's overwhelming right <laughs> yeah it can be i have really tried to pivot to courses that have like much shorter videos, audio options, and like you said, a lot of templates to make it digestible for people. And I think that sounds like what you guys have going on. Yeah. And we're trying to put like, a, like you said, a lot of different options out there to meet people where they are in their journey. So if a video is not for you, maybe the podcast is because then you can listen to I That's all I listen to in the car anymore. I don't think I've put music on and I can't tell you how long my son gets in the car. He's like, what are we listening to today? <laughs> Yeah, my kids it's either business or murder, one of the two. Yeah, my kids are like, oh, do we have to listen to a podcast again? I'm like, yeah, we, <laughs> do. we definitely do. Because I'm not listening to your podcast, though. I hear your voice enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Our kids are, they always, they're always honest with us. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that, I'm like, tell all your friends to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he does. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he really does. <laughs> All right, Christina, I appreciate you so much for joining me today. For having me. Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to share where people can come and find you? Where can they follow you? Where can they find your courses? Sure. So you can find all of the products that I mentioned, the Airtable products, the intern product, all that stuff at thesmartinfluencer.com. We have everything there. That's the business I run with my partner, Corinne Schmidt. So you can head over there, Instagram, Facebook. We have a free Facebook group you can join. So again, thesmartinfluencer.com. My personal website is itisakeeper.com. So you can find me under that handle on Instagram, Facebook, all the channels with those two things. So feel free to reach out, ask questions, share ideas, whatever. It's all good. I love talking with people and getting to know people. Thanks for coming to hang out with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, then hit the subscribe button or follow on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss another episode. If you want to do me a quick favor, I would super appreciate you leaving a review. 
I'll see you next time. Same place, same time.